You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning there, buddy. Good morning, Gary. How are you, how are you doing today? <laughs> well, you know, I'm hanging in there, my friend. You know, you know take it each day as it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a great time of year. You know, it's funny because yeah. my buddy, and you know him because we've had him on the show before, Alan Grover. Of course. Um, he's like, well, we're talking about you know the, the market. And he says, uh, is it more than what it was over the winter? Well, of course. You know, more people are out and about. You can do open houses and not have to be concerned with you know, snow or inclement weather, but we're used to having hundreds, you know, and, and in the, in the inventory. Um, and it's far from that. So is it more than what it was? I even think you yeah. alluded to that a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's more than what it was, but that's not saying much because there wasn't anything to begin right. with over the winter and the numbers are way off of what it should be right. here. Now, here we are now in the month of June, you know, so. that's where we're at. You know, that's reality. It really is. And I know for a lot of buyers, it's unfortunate, but this is like the market we're in right now is one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, we have this stuff said over and over to us and it doesn't make sense. And then something happens and it clicks. Well, in real estate, we've always said buy real estate and wait, don't wait to buy real estate. Right. That's like, go, go to Al, go to any realtor. They'll maybe have a different saying, but it all comes down to like, don't worry about the price of real estate. Just buy what you can afford and hold on tight, right? And that didn't really make sense for a while. It was like, well, <laughs> why buy real estate? Like, it's a pain. You got to pay the mortgage. You got to pay taxes. Now, all of a sudden, though, like the last, I feel like the last six months especially, people have started going, gosh, I really need a house. Like, I really value what it would be like to be a homeowner, right? And so many people are doing that. And obviously the pandemic plays in with that, you know, staying home a lot more, working from home, hybrid, that sort of thing. But there's so much value now in owning a home. So many people want it that the price, it's not really relevant. It's more like, what can I afford? How can I get this property? So you're seeing them come in in droves. Every property that I've gotten a contract on in the last couple of weeks is well over the asking price, you know, well over, not three or 5,000. I'm talking about 20 to 50, even 60,000 over ask. And that's just the supply and demand. That's where we're at. When is it going to change? It's not, not anytime soon. When is it going to change is it's going to change for the worse because what's going to happen is the rates are going to go down. We've talked about it. Inflation is moving that corner, turning that corner. Rates are going to come down. Might not be two weeks from now, might not be two months from now, but they're going to go lower. When we start seeing rates hit that magic five, five and a half percent level, everyone else is going to come out in droves. All those sellers that were like, I'm not giving up my four percent. Yeah, I'm not giving up my three and a half. Well, when the rates are around five, all of a sudden they start going, eh, that's it's not that bad. I might. I I've been wanting to get out of this yeah, house but they're for not a gonna, while. They're not at six and a half percent. They're not going to get rid. They're of, not. That's no. why they're not right now. Right. However, it's turning the corner. Let's hope we've hit those highs on rates. You know, back in November, we're not going back there. Let's hope. If that's the case, and we see that gradual decrease in rates, 
what we're going to see is gradual increase in listings because some of those people are going to say, I'm finally ready to sell my house. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I can't do this anymore. I'm ready. They're going to list their house. You're going to see a little bit more inventory, but you're going to see a lot more demand because all those home buyers, all those people that have said, I'm not selling my house so I can get a lower mortgage. Now they're able to get the lower mortgage. All those home buyers that are like, I don't want a high mortgage. I want to wait for rates to come down because my parents told me to. They're going to all get back in. So now instead of 20 offers on a house, I truly believe you're going to see double the amount of whatever offers you see today, you're going to see double when the rates come down. Because there's so many people that are not in the market right now, and I'm talking to them every day. They were pre-approved last year. We're talking about updating it, and now I heard the rates are still in the sixes, sevens. I'm not interested. I'm going to hang tight till the end of the year. Well, what are they going to do when they get to the end of the year? Yeah, rates are at five. But now you got 30 offers on a property. Now, do you want to pay 500 for the house that was 400 because you wanted a lower rate? Well, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but right now you're seeing you're seeing people pay 40, 50, 60 thousand over right now. Right now, and the high and it's a high interest. And rate. it's it's going to go even higher than that. The issue that I see from a mortgage standpoint is the appraisals. Now, um, you're not going to get a mortgage for any more than what the house well, is valued Well, that's the at. issue. Yeah. So we've gotten lucky, you know, we've gotten lucky, knock on wood, the last couple of weeks, I'd even say in my mortgage practice, you know, some of these loans that we're talking about with the prices bid way up, we've been getting appraisals in. And I've been there with the realtors, like, ready to renegotiate, and these appraisals are coming in. These appraisals are supporting the price. 40,000 over. It's happening. 50, I had one I told you guys about. 60,000 over. It closed yesterday. 60,000 over. It appraised. Not only did it appraise, we had a second review on the appraisal because it was like, wait, this is fishy. The house was only 300. They're buying it for 360. The underwriter went, that's fishy. There's something weird here. They ordered a second review of the appraisal. In the industry, we call it a CDA or a desktop review. That means they have a second appraiser go in and double-check the entire report that we didn't leave any stone unturned. The appraiser didn't try to manipulate the price. They didn't try to change the comps or leave something out. And you know what? That, that second review came back within a few hours with flying colors, meaning like not even a question, not even a concern. There was no variance in the value. So I tell you that because Connecticut, we've talked about, has been a bad market. Connecticut's one of the strongest markets in the country right now. And I have not been able to say that really ever in my career (laughs) of 21 years doing mortgages in Connecticut. It's huge. It's great. And if you own a home, strap on because that equity's going. And if you don't own a home, get ready for battle. You know, you do because it is a battle out there. But the great thing is my clients are getting their offers accepted left and right. They really are. A lot of it comes down to who you work with, the wealth team we talked about last time, Mm -hmm. having that reputation and giving that certainty that people need. But just getting to that point of getting an offer accepted, there's a lot of – it's a long path for some people, right? Sure, some call me and they're ready to roll. But for most, I would say it's a path that could take anywhere from a few months to a few years. Why? What would delay it? I would say the two main the two main issues that delay it are number one credit issues, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Secrets to credit, getting ready for your with your credit for buying a home. The second thing of why people can't get approved for a mortgage is because of their income. So maybe they don't show enough income at their job, de- debt to income. Um, of course, assets, you know, like they don't have enough down payment. But that can be worked through. If I tell you you need twenty five grand may take a little bit, but you can save that up. Income can be a little more complicated sometimes. Because if you're at a job making 50 grand and I say you need to make 60, there's only so much you can do with that other than get a raise or a new Why position. Why is a credit score so important in the mortgage process? 
Yeah, I mean, look, the credit score is the crucial piece of the puzzle when it comes to getting a mortgage. Because pretty much regardless what type of mortgage you're getting, what lender you're dealing with, the type of property you're buying, like the credit score is going to be a crucial piece of that process. It's really the first piece of the process. Mm -hmm. It's something that I try to look at quickly because all the people tell me I got great income. I make all this money. Oh yeah. I didn't miss a payment in the last six months on anything. And you know, I got 50 grand in the bank. Then all of a sudden we get to their credit and their credit shot. So the fact that they have great income, great assets and no late payments in the last six months. Well, if your credit score came in at a 509, you could have a million in the bank. It doesn't matter. You're not getting a mortgage. So the credit score is crucial. There's so many different credit scores. Something I really wanted to hone in on on this show, because I talk about the same thing every day with the same same types of clients, is like, why is my credit score different from Credit Karma? Why does Capital One have me at this credit score and the mortgage company has me at this? Why does Discover Card say I'm an 802, but you're running my credit? You said I'm a 748. Why is that difference? Why is that That's discrepancy? a huge discrepancy. Yeah. It, it can be huge. So the big thing you got to realize is that most of those credit card companies, credit websites, they're not giving you a real credit score. They're giving you a Vantage score or they're giving you a consumer score. Those are not what mortgage companies use to grade you when it comes to getting a mortgage. So while those sites might be free and good for like seeing whether your score is going up or down, like I said, I've seen people come in, their credit score is 50 points higher. I've seen people come in, their credit score is 50 points lower than what they thought. And that can be, you know, devastating, obviously, but it's significant. It's crucial. You need to know. How would your credit score impact the interest rate that you get? So this is a question that, really depends on the answer. So the loan type will dictate that. Generally speaking, having a higher credit score will give you a better loan. It'll give you a lower rate. It'll give you lower fees. Okay, that's generally speaking. Certain loan types like FHA, USDA, uh, VA, those loan types are a little more flexible. I would say mostly FHA and VA are the most flexible because they don't necessarily penalize you in a big way. And some don't penalize you at all just because you have lower credit. Okay, so, you know, generally speaking, like you could have someone with a 750 credit score getting a VA loan and someone else with a 650 credit score getting a VA loan. Big difference in score. They both should get the same exact deal. Same rate, same point, same fees, because Again, those government-backed loans, they don't actually penalize you for credit as much as conventional loans. That's one of the reasons why they're so popular with first-time buyers, because a lot of first-time buyers have those credit challenges they're overcoming, and they want a low-down payment, forgive, um, more forgiving type of loan. FHA, VA can be that answer. Now, when we're talking about conventional mortgages, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, this is what the majority of consumers are getting when they get a mortgage. And there can be a huge discrepancy on someone with a 640 credit score getting a mortgage versus someone with a 740 credit score getting a mortgage. When I'm talking about big discrepancy, I am talking about several percentage points in fees. So it could be five or $10,000 difference in fees to get that. The interest rate could be a quarter, a half a point or more different. Okay. And I had a client come to me the other day that was pre-approved with someone else for a conventional loan. And I looked at it and went, you'd actually get a lower payment putting less money down on an FHA loan because their credit was so low. But the other advisor just hadn't looked at both scenarios. And when I showed them that they said, Rob, I had no idea. Thank you for telling us that. Thank you for informing us that there were different options because this other lender only showed us the one option and that was it. And they were about to get charged almost three points 
in fees to get this rate. I got them the same rate with no points with lower down payment. Okay, it was just a no brainer all the way around. Um, Also, the PMI, the mortgage insurance. uh, I know that wasn't your question, but it's important Mm -hmm. that we mention that the mortgage insurance premium, when you have low credit on a conventional loan, can be significant. That's where this other client was able to save a lot of money. It wasn't in the interest rate. It was actually in the PMI, the mortgage insurance. All right. So I'll ask this. I'll I'll put it. Ask you this way. Okay. Give me a window of a credit score that would get you the best mortgage rate. Yeah, so let's kind of take it from from bottom to top. So if your credit score is below six twenty, then I would say you're gonna you're gonna get the worst rate you can get. You're gonna get the worst deal that you can get if you can get a loan at all. That's usually the the worst pricing is six twenty or less. If you're between six twenty and six eighty, I'd say you're in the good range. You're in a good range where you can get most loan programs with that, but you're not excellent. Okay, mm-hmm. when you get to 680 to 740, I would consider that a solid A, very good, okay, very good rating. When you're 740 or above, that's where I'd say you're excellent. And there's even certain pricing scenarios where you have to have a 760 or above to get the best pricing. But once you're at that 740, don't worry about an extra point here or an extra five points there. You're going to get very close to the best mortgage available, the best pricing available if your credit score is above 740. Now, realize when we're talking credit scores here, we're talking about your mortgage credit score. We're not talking about yeah, that credit, credit karma, karma, credit right. sesame, that sort of thing. So don't compare it. Don't confuse it with those Vantage scores or consumer scores. If you want to know the one place, the only place that I recommend, other than going to a mortgage advisor directly to get your score, is a website called myfico.com, M-Y-F-I-C-O, myfico.com. It does cost money. I think they offer a trial. Once you're off the trial, it's somewhere between, I think, 30 and $40 a month. This is the website that I give my private clients that are trying to improve their credit so they can monitor exactly what their mortgage score is without me having to run a credit report. So I give this to my clients, say they're at a 620 and they're trying to get to 640 and I've given them some items to work on. They can go on this MyFICO and get an updated mortgage score. And a hundred percent of the time, what it shows is your mortgage score on MyFICO. If I run your credit the same day, we're going to come back with the same score. So it's a really cool strategy to really see where where you're at without having to have a mortgage advisor constantly pulling Any minimum credit score requirements for for different types of mortgage? So conventional is 620 minimum. That's your Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans. They will not go below 620 no matter what. You could make a million a year and have $3 million in the bank. Does not matter. If you're below 620, you're not getting a loan. USDA loans. Uh, not super popular in Connecticut, but we do some of them in some of the rural areas. Those have a 640 minimum credit score. Okay, um, The business purpose loans, the investor loans, the non-qualified mortgages, generally 640 to 680 minimum scores. And the FHA VA loans don't actually have any minimum, but most lenders have a minimum for those loans. So most lenders will be in the 580 to 620 minimum. Uh, my, my lender uh, benchmark here, we do loans down to a 580. Um, with those loans, and I've done a few recently. So it's definitely for underserved, you know, when you're in that credit score range. But um, FHA and VA, like I said, most forgiving when it comes to the lower scores for sure. So then a borrower with a very low credit score, I guess, from, from what I'm understanding from you, they can still qualify for a mortgage. They can, but just realize when you have a lower credit score, even if you're going for the FHA, VA type of loans, 
you're going to need to show compensating factors. You're going to need to show that maybe you're putting a little more down than the minimum. Maybe you have a lower debt to income ratio. You have lower debt. Maybe you have some money put back in a 401k or investment account that can show the lender that even though you have low credit, there's these other factors that help out. One would be um, tenure at your job. If you've been at your job for 10 years, that means you have a stable job versus someone who's been at their job for eight months, right? <laughs> so also, if you have a low debt to income, like I said, meaning you have low debt versus your income, that can help the lender say, yeah, we'll do this loan. It makes sense. So just realize compensating factors are something that are a thing with lower credit and really have that heart to heart with your mortgage advisor before you get under contract on a home, because you need to figure out what are you going to need to do to make the loan work with that low score. Make sure you've got those compensating factors in play and ready to present to the underwriter. So if you've got a low credit score, is there anything that somebody can do to improve it that would be look attractive? In the There's mortgage quite lender's a few eyes. things. There's quite a few things, and I want to really hone in on this for a second because this is going to be very important information for our listeners. So the first thing is make sure that all your accounts are current. If you have anything that's even a month behind, like square one, getting your credit score up, get it current. Maybe it's 80 bucks behind. Get it current. That's square one. Next thing is keep your credit card balances low. We've talked about the different thresholds. Just to reiterate, if you haven't heard that show, you want to get your credit balances as low as possible. 50% of the limit, 30% of the limit, and then 10% of the limit. So once your accounts are current, now you want to work on paying them down to those different thresholds. Next thing is new inquiries. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make that are trying to get positioned to buy a home or improve their credit is that they go and inquire, hey, let me get this credit card. I want to save 10% at Banana Republic. They'll apply for that credit card. When you're trying to build your credit, do not apply for new credit cards unless you've specifically been giving that advice, okay? Do not do those inquiries because it will lower your credit. And the lower your credit is, the more it'll hurt you because they know somebody with low credit applying for new credit. That's a recipe for disaster. It's like the alcoholic walking into the bar, right? Oh, here's another drink, sir. Nope, not going to happen. Okay, so keep that in mind. Payment history. Make sure that your payment history is in a good place, like I said, and then get a copy of your credit report. So you may think you know what's on there, but get a copy from annualcreditreport.com. It's completely free. Then you can see what's on there, get errors corrected. You can do pay for deletions we've talked about with collections and then secured credit cards. There are certain credit cards that I can refer you to that don't look at your credit history that will help you rebuild or build your credit from the ground up. You can reach out to me directly for that info. It's called secured credit cards. And these, Gary, are the main strategies that I use with my private clients to get them in position to get their credit to buy a home. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, you can check him out online uh, at robgw.com and make an appointment with this phone number. Write it down, 860-413-3938. If you missed it right there, guess what? Good news. I'm going to repeat both of those um, points of contact as well as include an email address more towards the end of the show. All right, so... There's got to be factors other than a credit score, right? That's going to get you a good rate on a mortgage. Well, yeah, we can talk about credit <laughs> all day here. But the other factors that you need to be aware of that your mortgage lender is going to evaluate is going to be your income versus your debt. How much money do you make versus how much money do you spend? Hmm. We're not necessarily looking at what you spend on your electric bill or your gas or that sort of thing. We're looking at what debt do you have? What are your minimum payments every month? Student loan debt. Medical debt, car payments, car, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all going to be factored in. We're going to come up with a ratio versus your gross income. And that ratio is what the underwriter is going to use to see whether you qualify for the loan. 
The next thing is the down payment amount. So somebody, many people, when they're buying their first home, choose to put a minimum down payment. Maybe they don't have a lot. So when you're putting that minimum down payment, that's okay. But realize that the more money you put down, even if you can just put an extra 1% or 2% down, sometimes that can move your loan into an approvable status when maybe it wasn't before, okay? Mm -hmm. So putting that little bit of extra amount down is huge. The payment history. If you have a mortgage late in the last 12 months, no matter how good your credit is, you might have a problem qualifying for a loan, okay? And I saw this recently. The person had like a credit score in the high 600s, but they had a late payment on their mortgage last year. from just a a minor mishap. It was the only time they paid it late. Unfortunately, they were trying to cash equity out on their home, and it's a hard no. They were not able to, even though they had great credit, because of that one late on on their credit, that payment history on their mortgage. So make sure if you have a mortgage, it's paid on time. If you don't have a mortgage, just make sure your payments in general are uh, clean. The underwriters really want to see a 12-month good history. If you have one late here or there and it's isolated, we can usually get around it. But if they see a pattern of lates, not good. Reserves and assets are a huge piece. So having money in a retirement fund, a 401k, an investment account, cash value life insurance. There's a lot of different places that people store money. We want to be able to show the underwriter that even though you're using all the money in your savings or checking to buy the house, you've got a backstop. You've got an emergency fund. If something happens and you need three grand for a new water heater or a new repair or something, you've got the ability. You've got the means to get that money from savings, investments, whatever it may be. So that's big. Another factor, really the last two I'll mention are property type and occupancy type. So property type is going to be like a single family versus a condo versus a two or three family. Once you get into two, three family homes and that sort of thing, it's a higher risk loan. We've talked about on shows about why it's higher risk. So the property type is going to come into play. They're going to want you to put a higher down payment generally when you're doing like a three or four unit property. And then the occupancy type. Who's going to live there? Are you living there as the buyer, as the borrower, or is this an investment for you where someone else is going to live there and pay you rent? Obviously, if someone else is going to live there, it's a higher risk loan. Or if it's a second home or vacation home, it's a higher risk loan. Because if they don't make the payment, yeah, you still have to make your your nut, right? Exactly. There's got to be a ton of myths when it comes to credit scores, right? You probably heard them all. Yeah, I hear them every day. And I would tell you that one of the biggest myths is that they think that because I have a low credit score, I'm disqualified from getting a loan. So I've had people in the last six months say to me, well, my credit score is 592, so I can't get a mortgage. That's not true. There's more information we need to get to see because you're on the lower end of the credit spectrum, but it's not an automatic no. It's a let's get some more information and see if you qualify. So having people prejudge themselves and say, well, my credit's low. I don't qualify. Don't prejudge yourself. Get with an advisor that knows that can guide you to the right program. Maybe you're closer than you think. Right. So that's a big one. Um, The next thing is recent credit events. So if you had a bankruptcy or a foreclosure in the last couple of years, People think, well, I can't buy a new home. I had a foreclosure two years ago. You know what? I've got banks that I work with I can broker loans out to that will take a borrower that had a foreclosure a year ago or a bankruptcy a year or two ago. Yes, you're going to pay a higher rate. Yeah, you're going to have to put more money down. But you know what? I can get you into your home. And that's huge. So a lot of people that think they had an event two years ago or a year ago will just go, I can't buy a home, but they can. Okay. Um, The credit accounts on your credit. So paying and closing unused credit accounts. A lot of first-time buyers will say, I have this credit card and I paid it off. I'm just going to close it. I don't want it anymore. I I don't use it. I'm going to close it. So they'll go and close all these accounts and then come to me and say, hey, check my credit. I closed all these accounts. I paid them off. And I look and they're a 602. 
Mm. Why'd their credit go down? Because the history they had established on the credit, the revolving line that they had outstanding is gone now. It's not being factored in as much, so it will lower their credit. That's And that's something that we can't go back on. If you make yeah. that mistake and close out those So pay off accounts, your credit card. Just don't close the pay account. Pay them. Just leave yeah. them open with a zero balance. Yeah. The last one is paying off collections. So the same thing. They'll pay off a collection and think it's going to help their credit. And no, that won't work. The only way paying off a collection will help your credit is if you do a pay-for-delete or pay-for-deletion and get a letter stating that they're going to do it. Because otherwise, all bets are off and I've seen the credit go lower. How long does it take to start to see improvements once you start, you know, putting the effort in? So generally, once you make a change on your credit, you can expect that within three to four weeks of that change, it will report with all the credit bureaus. Some people think that they pay a credit card off on Monday. By Wednesday, it'll have reported for (laughs) sure. That's not the way it works. It goes by the statement end date. So generally, if you wait three to four weeks, any sort of change you made on your credit should report to all three bureaus by then. It can be quicker. It can be, you know, a couple days to a week. But I tell all my clients when they're making that shift or change on their reports, give it three to four weeks to make sure not only it's reporting, but it's reporting to all three credit bureaus that we're going to look at when you're getting that new mortgage. Any success stories that you can share this time around? Maybe some clients who... They were able to secure a better mortgage terms by improving their credit scores? Yeah, a couple quick ones here for you. I had a client named Brianna from Seymour come to me a couple years ago, and she had been denied from another lender that just said, we can't get you a mortgage. She found me online. She read my reviews, and she came to me and said, I want to buy a home, but everyone's giving me the cold shoulder. Well, (laughs) I was able to look at her credit and tell her three credit cards to pay off, okay? And her mom was helping her out. She was a younger buyer, They paid off those credit cards, and a month later, we were able to get her approved to buy a home, okay? So she thought there's no way she was getting the cold shoulder. Now we got them in place. They were able to buy a home. And they're not only that, they were able to get her credit score up by 40 points in a very short order, like I said. And then they went under contract on a house, and we were able to get her in, in a, into a great home. And the cool thing is this came to fruition now because recently had their home reappraised to refinance it. And they've built, just in the last couple nice. years, over 50000 in equity. It all wow. started from that call of her saying, I'm not giving up hope. I want to buy a home. So that's uh, one first time buyer. Another one is a, a client of mine named Jeff from Suffield, not not terribly far from here. And he started with a mortgage, an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. He had some credit challenges, minimum down payment, right? So a year later, which was 2021, he came to me and was like, Rob, my credit's up a bit. I want to get some equity from the house. I got He got such a good deal on this house. <laughs> so he had been using his credit cards a little bit to get the renovations and repairs done. So we did a cash out refinance for him. We lowered his payment, got rid of the PMI. We got rid of all his credit card debt. His score was 644 when he bought the house. His score went to 742. After he did about all 100 points. Look at that. So we were able to get him out of the FHA into that long-term conventional loan. And now he's sitting pretty because he refied, you know, when the rates were really low. So now he's sitting with a rate in the mid to high 3% range on a 30-year fixed conventional loan. Very little debt. Tons of equity in his home. And it all started with him taking that taking the bull by the horns and getting that FHA loan and saying, you know what? I'm getting a good deal on this house. I'm going to do what it takes. And I know that there's a long term here. I know that there's something for me in the long run. And once I get my credit up, I'm going to be able to get to that promised land. And he did. He got there. 
Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like more information on this topic or any of the others that we cover on this show, simply head to Rob's website. It's www.robgw.com. That's robgw.com. Also, if you've got a question that you'd like to have answered right here on this very show, on these very airwaves, maybe as soon as even next weekend, simply do this. Email the show at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. And if you'd like to schedule a consultation uh, with Rob, and why wouldn't you, write this phone number down. I'll I'll say it and I'll repeat it once. 860-413-3938. Again, it's 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.